What you're about to listen to is a Bri-Fi production. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Bri-Fi Podcast. I'm your host, Bri-Fi, your comics guy, and it's late, I know guys. I promised y'all a second episode last week to make up for a week I had missed in October, but don't worry, I made a promise that this next episode would still have a scary story, and you're getting one today. Even though we're in November, we're still going to have a spooky Bri-Fi tale or a Texas ghost story is really what it is. But, you know, told by me in, like, the least scary way possible. Because I hate scary things. Anyway, did have a lot going on this past week and weekend. So that was kind of the reason for me not being able to post a second episode last week. But we're going to talk about some of the stuff. Because this past weekend I went to my first ever card collectible show. So like trading cards, sports cards, mainly Pokemon cards was what I was going for. And I got to meet two of my friends from work there, which was a lot of fun. So we'll talk about that more later um, and just how about how that all went. But up first, got some nifty nerd news for you guys. All right, guys, up first in the nifty nerd news, we're going to talk about Walmart. Why? Because I've been spending a ton of time there at that store because with me collecting the Pokemon cards from the Pokemon 151 set and not having any local card shops or just any kind of collectible shops in my town, Walmart's been the place to go. Walmart, for us small town people, is our nerd store because they like surprisingly walmart carries a bunch of shit like that like pop vinyls other pop culture toys and things like that so for us it's kind of where we can get our collectibles man and they've even started selling graphic novels at walmart's they've so it's been i would have to say pretty damn impressive uh with what they've been able to have there and what they've been able to showcase nerd wise and as far as cards go they're you know they carry the new sets from pokemon magic the gathering Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff so i mean it's in an otherwise bleak small town it has been like my one safe haven which has been pretty interesting but the reason why i wanted to bring them up is because recently like this year they have been investing like billions of dollars uh, to upgrade or modernize some of their U.S. stores, calling them like stores of the future and type thing, uh, type of things like that. Um, 117 stores, mine being one of them, have relaunched this past weekend with the new enhancements. Um, it's been pretty crazy. Uh, walking through Walmart and seeing them start these upgrades and seeing the enhancements has been really in, like really neat to see because I like growing up the Walmart in my small town was abysmal. It was tiny. It was barely took up who knows like a house. Like that's how, ugh, sorry I'm yawning. Like it was like maybe a large house size. Now it is a super center 
with groceries, electronics, uh, it looks furniture, automotive, like all this stuff, you know, that you, that you see. But so my Walmart, my hometown Walmart was one of the 117 stores picked to uh, relaunch with all the new um, mods or whatever enhancements is what you want to call it. And it's been pretty neat, man. They're adding like clothing displays. They've added like neat little TVs that showcase some of the things that they're selling, like within the clothing section uh, over in like the home good stuff. They have like display for a bed and like, hey, this, like you could design your bedroom and it looked like this with like Walmart stuff. So that's been pretty interesting. They've changed the aisle layouts. They've added more stuff, taken and moved things around. The makeup aisle got a whole redone, so it looks nice as well. And so it's been, it. I would have to say it's been pretty impressive as far as that I can tell. It hasn't made me buy more stuff from Walmart. No. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Not at all. But it's been a pleasure to see them improve the store which i think ultimately is good for everyone good for them good for us good for the community and it looks like they're hiring more people with it i mean they brought in a bunch of people to help redo everything and help stock everything and move everything so it created a bunch of jobs for that purpose but hopefully these people get to stay on and they don't let go or lay off a bunch of people after the fact the other thing that I wanted to talk about for Nifty Nerd News is Disney Plus just dropped the trailer for the new Echo series that's going to be going on with Marvel. And it's kind of funny because like this dropped mere days after the news of them talking about, well, we're going to cut back on like the Marvel shows and stuff that we're going to do. But here's a Marvel show for you. So it was kind of funny. But... Echo came from, was it Hawkeye? Yeah, I think it was Hawkeye is where she made her appearance. And it's another deaf or hard of hearing character. And I kind of like what what they're doing with the character of Echo. Um, based on the trailer, she was pretty much raised by Wilson Fisk, the Kingpin. And so she owes a lot to him, as it seems. But... She also owes a lot to her family and her heritage. And it seems like there's going to be the conflict based on the trailer is going to be like, who, who do you support? Not who do you support, I guess, but who, who, where do your allegiance lie with your heritage and your fan, like your blood heritage and family are with the person who actually raised you. Although, you know, Wilson Fisk, versus maybe a normal family like ah, like i mean i guess yeah you side with wilson fist because you don't want to die even though you know he's not a good man <laughs> he's, he's pretty much a bad guy you know he very much is a bad guy but so it'd be interesting to see what happens it looks like echo definitely has some troubles and is going to have to make a decision on what she's going to do. And I don't know who else is going to be in the trailer. Um, it'd be interesting to see or who else is going to be in the show. It'd be interesting to see. Like I said, she spun out of um, Hawkeye. So will we get a Jeremy Renner, Renner cameo? Will um, who played Kate Bishop? I can't remember, remember her name. The other Hawkeye, the Kate Bishop, female Hawkeye and Jer or 
God, I can't remember Hawkeye's name. Clint. Clint Barton. Oh, my God. So, like, will they make cameos? Will any other characters make cameos? I don't know. It'll be interesting. But one of the big takeaways from the trailer was the blood that I saw. So this this looks like it's very much going to be a rated R show. Should be really exciting to see. Um, and it looks violent, man. So it looks like they're going to be adopting some, at least, of the Netflix um, Marvel-type violence which will be interesting and really cool to see and so i'm pretty damn excited man uh, i haven't been excited for a marvel thing since man i can't even remember maybe uh miss marvel was the last marvel thing i was excited for but i don't know man i i i feel i feel good i feel good about this i feel good things and so i'm excited for the new echo trailer um what was the last thing i wanted to talk about oh talking about r-rated movies so it has been confirmed with marvel studios that the new blade movie which has been had all kinds of things going on with it. it's had tons of rewrites i think at one point mashallah Mish- ali who was going to be playing blade talked about leaving because he wasn't happy with th- with how things were proceeding with the the script and stuff then you had the the writer's strike there's been all kinds of things where uh, apparently there was one draft of the script where blade wasn't even the main character it was going to be like three or four other people were going to be the main characters of the series so there's been a lot going out about blade and a lot of it hasn't been good but this recent news pretty good says uh blade is guaranteed going to be r-rated when it comes out and considering blade the character and how he fights you know with a sword and he's fighting vampires and blood is kind of a big thing you know with vampires and sword cutting you want blood (laughs) so it's a good sign it's a good move i like it i'm excited for it uh blade is probably been on my radar for a while now and i don't even know why i got excited for blade so much um, not that like, oh, why, why would someone like me? It's just, you know, I've, I, I remember when I got excited for Blade. So I remember watching the original movies and liking them, not really ever truly understanding that they were a Marvel property at all. And it wasn't until I started reading comic books and I got into the Mighty Avengers. Um, man, was this 2013, 2014? I think because I got into the comic books in 2012. I was reading the Deadpool run by Jerry Duggan and Brian Posehn. And then Superior Spider-Man, Dan Slott was doing that. And I saw, I was wanting to read a team book. And Superior Spider-Man was showing up in the Mighty Avengers, which I thought was really interesting. Plus, I also liked Luke Cage as a character, and it seemed like he was going to be uh, headlining or being the captain or the leader of the Mighty Avengers. So I was really excited about that. It was kind of like not all street heroes, but it seemed like it had more street-level heroes in the team. And so I was super excited for that. And in there they reintroduced blade he he started as like a secret character that we couldn't know who he was and he wore a full mask and i think was he um man 
they, they, he started out as like the splendiferous spider something. I don't know, something in like freaking superior Spider-Man gets super pissed. Anyway, I fell in love with the character then and I really liked Blade then. And that kind of got me on this deep dive. And so then I got super excited when they announced a new series or I, th I think a new movie. I, or at the time, maybe it was going to be a series then a movie and now I don't know what it's going to be now I have no idea I just hey we're getting live action blade so I'm excited for that I think it's going to be a Disney plus show a series but we'll see I don't I, I don't even really know I just know it's going to be rated R so there will be blood so I'm excited about that anyway that's it for the nifty nerd news stuff I wanted to cover for this week up next we are you know what up next yeah let's talk about the convention man and then to cap things off We'll do a spooky story at the end of the podcast. But, uh, yeah, let's talk about uh, the Collecticon that I went to in Houston, Texas. All right, guys, thanks for sticking around for the final part of the podcast. So, yeah, this past weekend I went to... Collecticon in Houston, Texas. Collecticon is a trading card and other collectible trade show that goes around the country. I think they were in Dallas the weekend prior or maybe Denver. I can't remember. They were somewhere else. And they popped up on my Facebook feed shortly after I started collecting Pokemon cards with the uh, uh, Pokemon 151 stuff. And I kind of like, oh, uh, yeah, you know, you get a bunch of ads, whatever. But as I got more interested in cards and as I got closer to finishing the master set of collecting the Pokemon 151 cards, which I'm, I'm still not done yet. I'm almost done. But as I was getting closer and realizing, man, it's really hard to it's getting really expensive to buy these booster packs and not get the cards in it. I'm getting a bunch of the same cards and stuff. I started really seriously considering, hey, well, maybe it's time to go to a convention or a card show. I mean, I guess I could order online, but I, I think a card show would be good because it'd be easier to sell or trade my cards uh, to kind of cheapen the blow that buying some of these cards were because the secret illustration rare Char Charizard card was $120 going market value. I think it's still $120 now as as I record this podcast. And so that's a lot of money for a car, for a card, a playing card, something that's just could easily be destroyed. <laughs> so $120 is a lot. It's a big pill to swallow. And so I looked into it and I saw that they had other events. And as I saw that the other events looked very legit, people had tons of positive reviews. I decided why the hell not told some guys from work, like I was interested in it. Uh, one of them was also big into the Pokemon collecting as as me and the other guy. He more collects sports cards, and there were sports card tables there. So he, he was interested and definitely wanted to go, and I guess, you know, wanted to go. And we ended up having a good time, man. Um, we only went one day Saturday, but Casey and I got a hotel room there downtown because we've been, we've been to the convention scene to, enough to know like if we try to just do it all at once with RJ or son, it's not going to happen. Uh, RJ gets overstimulated very easily and 
does not enjoy the things that we really enjoy all that much. Not, not to say, like, we're forcing him to do something he doesn't like. It's just he doesn't put value on things like comic books and that. Like, he'll see stuff that he likes, like stuffed animal things. He bought We bought him a Doe Duo, a little stuffed Doe Duo Pokemon that he really liked. And so, like, he'll find things that he likes, but he gets bored very quick. He'd rather ride the escalator or the elevators. He gets more fun out and enjoyment out of that so we've kind of learned we should get a hotel room anytime we're going to do any type of convention because it's a place that we can leave the convention for a bit decompress get our bearings back you know rj can you know have a chance to kind of you know de-stress get ready for it and go back and that's what we did we ended up i think i stayed for maybe two to three hours because what we showed up at 11 30 maybe 12 somewhere in there between 11 30 and 12 uh, met up with my two friends we walked around and I, my wife and rj left for probably after an hour to for rj to just because he was already not ready for it after being in the car for like an hour and a half drive and then being in a very congested place because oh man this this convention was stuffed uh, they they were only in one hall of the George R. Brown Convention Center, which for Casey and I, we're so used to going to Comic Palooza every year at the George R. Brown Convention Center, and Comic Palooza takes up the entirety of the George R. Brown. So the entire convention center, all the halls, it's like A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I think there's an H, I don't know, but it takes up the entire floor. Tables are well spaced out. And so even though who knows, countless people enter the convention and leave and all that stuff, you don't feel the congestion of it all. There's always space. There's always movement and flow. This convention did not have that. And I don't know if it's because they didn't expect the number of people to show up that did show up or if they just didn't care. <laughs> Now the entrance to get in was quite spacious. The line was moving great to get into the convention, which I was a big fan of that. I think we only waited in line maybe 15 minutes at that. We were moving very quickly, got in very easily. I appreciated that very much. Um, but once inside, tables were pretty tight space. And I mean, people are stopping to look at cards. They're going through collections. So trying to get to tables and vendors to try to make purchases was quite difficult. And like I said, this is my first card show, so maybe this is what it's always like. I don't know. It was a very new process for me. It was very different. I'm so used to like going up to like artist alleys, people having everything pretty simply there and very easy to skim through and look and then be on my way. I either like what I see and buy it or I don't and I move on and it like that here it's so much more congested there's so many more things to look through because one i'm looking for specific cards so i'm trying to hunt through either binders or their displays to try to find the card that i'm looking for so that i can purchase it and there's so much going on plus i had my son's wagon at the time so that was very difficult to maneuver and also trying to keep up with my friends and see things that they wanted to see. So it was a very overwhelming experience at first. I think after I, I, I had initially left after two, two to two and a half hours, one, I was also very hungry. Um, 
I didn't eat before the convention. I told my wife, hey, we should grab something, but we just wanted to get there. And so, error on our part. So, after about two hours, I told told the guys that, hey, I'm going to leave for a bit. Um, and I don't know. Like, I didn't. Honestly, I didn't know if I was going to be able to come back. I, I had actually assumed I was not going to be able to come back when I left after two and a half hours. Uh, thankfully, Casey did want to go back. So, we did go back like an hour and a half before it closed. And that worked out very well for me because... I my first go around I didn't pick up all the cards that I needed. Um like I said, it it's a lot, you know. After RJ and Casey left, things got very much a hell of a lot easier cuz I was able to maneuver a lot quicker and now I was able to hey, let me hit these tables and stuff. But uh my Pokémon friend there, yeah, he was able to show me like, "Hey, these are the Pokémon stuff." And he was showing me cards that he was collecting and and we both made purchases at different tables um i was just so excited man like i had one goal and that goal was to complete my pokemon 151 cards and i wasn't necessarily trying to get all the reverse hollow cards yet i wasn't trying to master set yet i wanted to get all the secret and uh, special rare illustration cards because those are the big hitters those are the ones that are going to cost the most money and I needed to find someone that would trade with me. And my big thing was trying to find the Charizard line. So that was the first one I went looking for. Found a cr pretty cool table. And they had the Charizard line right there. And he was willing to make a deal. So I gave him, basically I told him, here's all the cards that I'm willing to trade. Take what you want. And uh, tell me what I'll pay the difference of like market value of whatever. And I think everyone's basically says, Hey, we'll do 70% of market value. And, um, I'm fine with that. You know, whatever I, those cards were just extra to me. I wasn't really trying to do anything. I'm just trying to get as big a discount as I can on the Charizard line. Cause Charizard's like 120 Charmander, I think was like 30 to 35 and Charmeleon was like another 20. So between them, I'm looking at close to $200 with all the cards that I traded the guy I paid maybe 40 bucks for everything. So that was a huge win for me and a huge knockoff of what I thought I was going to have to spend. And I was so happy with saving that much money. I ended up buying, so they have elite trainer boxes for the 151 set, but I found a Pokemon Center exclusive or one that you, when you, you buy it from the Pokemon Center online store, which you can't get anymore. They've been completely sold out for over a month now. So I bought that for $100. Super excited because one, it comes with more booster packs inside than a normal Elite Trainer box. It comes with, I think, 11 versus the nine, which is the normal. And it comes with a special Snorlax promo card that comes with the Pokemon Center stamp. That card alone is worth $40 market value right now. So it's like, if I was able to sell that card, you know, $40 off a $100, uh, elite trainer box you know girl math is basically what i'm doing here so i thought it was a big win uh went through other tables slowly started collecting what i needed i got maybe three three fourths of what i needed by myself and with my friends uh my my sports card friend he took me to a, a table where the guy who made homemade or like 
like basically he made these sports cards and they were like pretty cool designs really liked them but man the prices for this shit was insane i couldn't believe people were paying this stuff and then uh, my uh, my bud was t showing me the card that he he wanted to buy. It was a Joe Burrow, who's a quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals, rookie card. The dude was selling it for thirty five hundred dollars, and I'm watching my friend like haggle with him trying to get the price down, which to me is a whole new concept for like conventions because I don't haggle. Like I've never haggled. It's like hey, artist offers like hey, this is my art, this is my work. This is how much I want to sell it for. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I agree with that. Or I don't, you know, or I wait till Sunday when, okay, look, it's Sunday. I just need to get rid of shit because I haven't sold anything all week. So I'll do it for five. And I'm like, hell yeah, that's what I'm waiting for. I'm one of those guys who only buys things on Sundays. <laughs> I'm a piece of shit. Uh, but so I, but for me, I was just so excited and wanting these cards so bad that I was just taking them. And like, he even told me, like he helped me out. He, uh, he, he saved my ass big on the uh, Squirtle, War Turtle, and Blastoise line. Cause I went to another booth there and the guy was like, yeah, if I do like card or whatever, I charge like tax and stuff. And my friend was like, nah, man, how about, you know, I just do cash with you. And he's like, well, you do it for like, I think the guy wanted like 190 or something like that or almost like 200 for everything. He's like, we do 180 cash. And the guy's like, yeah, I do 180 cash. So like he saved me 20 bucks uh, just doing that and paying in cash. And then I learned cash, bring cash here because cash, they I won't have to pay tax on it. So, I, you know, I, I probably could have saved in tax alone 10 to $20 on all the cards and things that I bought if I would have just had cash instead. So that's, you know, a lesson learned for me and everything. Um, it was pretty cool, man. And uh, it, one thing I'd totally forgotten about when I first walked in, when me, Casey, and RJ first walked into the convention, um, the guy who sings the theme for the Pokemon theme song, the original, you know, the I want to be the very best, he was singing the Pokemon theme song as we were walking into the convention. Like he was on stage do, performing the show. I think uh, a DJ, Steve Aoki, was there which I guess people are really excited about. I had no idea who he was. But coming in to that guy singing the theme song to Pokemon, there's a giant Pikachu to my right, like a giant inflatable Pikachu to my right, was a surreal and exciting experience. It got me so hyped for this card convention just walking in. It was almost like they planned it because they knew I was about to drop some money. I mean, I say that, but compared to like other people, I probably dropped pennies. Um, but yeah, so I eventually left because Casey and RJ were hungry. So we went to go get some late lunch, early dinner, whatever you want to call it. Uh, me and Casey talked for a bit. And she, there were some things that she did want to look at again. So we decided to go back down to the convention and I hadn't completed my list yet. So yeah, I didn't get everything that I wanted at the convention or like at the first stop of the convention. So the second time around was really me and I and Casey was great she was like hey I'm gonna go off on my own to look at stuff I'll let you do your thing and so me and RJ set out to complete my uh, special illustration cards that I needed because I had thought I collected most of what I needed but it turned out I missed a couple of cards because I have shitty handwriting or I just did a shitty job of paying attention to my list so me and RJ win I think it was like five cards that I needed 
knocked them out real quick and the day was done dude i was so excited i was happy i took pictures you can see them on my instagram or any of my social medias i think i posted them everywhere i was so excited and casey ended up finding some things that she really likes she uh she's a big fan of one piece so she got a shirt with a uh, joy boy luffy on it uh she got some booster packs from the one piece card game so she was super stoked on it i was super stoked for her and um yeah, man, that was the convention. My Our first card convention, which was a shit ton of fun. We really enjoyed it. And I'm definitely, if I start collecting cards again, I'm definitely going to end up going to another show like that. I don't know if I will, if I'm not collecting cards, but after thinking about it, I mean, like, when, like, when wouldn't I, you know? <laughs> like, I'm already looking at other Pokemon sets and how like well they perform or like you know how good are the pulls how pricey are the cards and just how cool is the artwork so i kind of want to do like you know a, i want to do a set with cool artwork and stuff that i want to collect i don't want to just pick up random shit but anyway that's it about the convention story let's uh let's uh wrap things up with a spooky story real quick guys Hey guys, sorry this is coming in late, but unfortunately I did not do a spooky story for you guys this week. It was either get the episode out now, still late, or just postpone another week. And I kind of wanted to put something out this week. So yeah, sorry about that. Um, maybe next year. All right, guys. Thanks for listening this week and we will see you guys next week. Bye.